Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. of the power ranking show is brought to you by bet online bet online is your number one source for all of your betting needs get the latest odds lines and matchup reports for football basketball baseball boxing golf and more bet online continues to be the fastest and the easiest way to place your wagers including live betting and your favorite casino and card games that are available to play right from your phone head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and get in on the action remember to use promo code believe for your 50% bonus on your first deposit, bet online where the game starts. And that, of course, is the voice of at Marcus underscore Moshe. This is the Power Rankings podcast, aka the Power Rankings show. We are ranking the teams today after uh, the double, I don't know who is it really, a double header. The no, Monday it's not a double games. header because double yeah. header means back to back games. So, oh, that's right. It was parallel universe, uh, Monday Night Football. So, was it in a cool. different universe that the Tennessee Titans upset the Dolphins like in other words in the real universe yeah in the real universe the Titans uh, lost 36 to 7 yeah well I don't like the rules that they played by yesterday so I'm going to complain and say that the the Dolphins actually won hey hey now look I don't mean to rub your nose in it here but about a year and a half ago I told you this when we were talking about the Cowboys complaining about something and I said hey man the rules of the game are the rules of the game you don't get to just and you were like, yeah, but you can't call pass interference at that time of the game. The rules in the first quarter or the rules in the fourth quarter. Okay. Are you sure we were talking about sports? We were talking we were about the Cowboys. Politics. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> if you line, I mean, to me, that call was obvious. It yeah. was obvious, wasn't obvious. it? I, I mean, you have to make that call. I mean, this idea that the NFL is embarrassed. Frankly, I'm surprised Andrew Reid went all in and then doubled down. So, on it. I mean, what what are we going to do? Like, hey, man, it's late fourth quarter. Can't we just make, you know, the first down only eight and a half yards? I mean, you can't call that there. He was only a yard short. What's funny about that play is not only was Kadarius Tony way off sides, but their right tackle, J1 Taylor, was so far off the line of scrimmage. There was like four yards difference of where J1 Taylor and where uh, Kadarius Tony were lined up, but they were supposed to both be on the line of scrimmage. It's, it's just it's so funny, man, because, and I know some of why this is, but you, when I watch old games, I like to watch from the same year. So I just picked a year. I was watching games on YouTube from 1982. It's crazy how much better the fundamentals of the game were. Like just lining up properly was not an issue for teams in 1982. Practice tackling. Practice what's that? Time. It's practice yeah, time. Right. It's, it's a lot of it is just, you know, if you guys aren't aware per the CBA, uh, teams can't practice near as much as they used to. They used to do two a days in training camp and, you know, it's just repetition. You just get so used to, you know, telling the ref I'm eligible on this play or whatever it is. You get so used to doing that in practice. And they just don't practice as much today. And I don't know how much with the practice time they do have. I don't think they stress a lot of fundamentals. And that was one of the things that Tom Brady talked about when he said, you know, when I got into the league, we practice how to protect yourself as an offensive player. We practice that. Yeah. Uh, he goes, now the league feels like that they are having to regulate that uh, and make the defensive player responsible. And that well, was I think, part of the, yeah, go ahead. I, I think in the CBA, I'm pretty sure it's, you are only allowed 10 padded practices during the regular season. Mm -hmm. 
10. I mean, you have three practices a week. And so basically you can have a padded practice every other week. You know, I know they did that to reduce injuries. I just don't know that it's made a difference. Uh, you know, are, are injuries way down than they were from 2012, let's say, <clears throat> excuse me. I, I don't have the data on that, but just uh, from watching and keeping track of football sure doesn't seem like it. I mean, especially at the quarterback position, they've made all these rules to protect the quarterback. You can't hit them below the knee. You can't hit them, you know, uh, up here. And yet yeah, I'm, I'm pointing to my shoulder for those of you who are not watching, you know, you, you, you can't hit them up high. And yet we have more quarterbacks hurt than ever right now. So I don't know what's next. Uh, Marcus and I should probably do a podcast on this, but we were talking about, you remember you and I were mm -hmm. spitballing and I just said, Hey man, what are the chances that the league makes one of two rule changes this year, either something to open up the offenses even more. And you thought that very unlikely. Mm -hmm. And then when I asked you, what about maybe another rule to protect the quarterback in the pocket? And you thought that was more likely than a rule change to open the offense. Do you still feel that way? Yeah, probably. I mean, I don't know what you do to per help quarterbacks uh, to get hit less, but I'm sure the NFL will look into it. I'm sure they will. Well, uh, just to cut this short so we can get to the teams, uh, one of the things I told Marcus is it's just astronomically dumb to me that people are scratching their head while quarterbacks are getting hurt more when quarterbacks are in shotgun all the time and they're throwing, uh, you know, nearly 70% of the time, more pass attempts, more dropbacks, more chances to get hurt because it's not just throwing it's scrambling and it's being sacked and it's being hit. So, um, anyway, we'll, we'll see what happens there. Heaven forbid teams should run the ball. By the way, there are two teams in the league, uh, that do run the ball more than they pass. And they happen to be the top seeds in their conferences. I wonder how that happened. Because they're also two of the most efficient passing teams. It's the passing paradox. The the worse you are at passing, the more you have to do it. The passing paradox. Yeah. I haven't heard that one. Is that a Mike McDaniel special? Yeah, that's that a, sounds I like a that, Mike McDaniel I made that one you up. You made that one up? Oh, sweet. Is that like A squared plus B squared equals Joe Flacco? Yeah, something like that. Elite. <laughs> yeah. Elite. Elite. Uh, we're going to get to Joe Flacco. Big news, Joe Flacco. The, Not for a while, the, though. Yeah, and speaking of quarterback injuries, we've got a couple to get to, including one right here on this very screen that Marcus did a heck of a job typing up. We'll get to that team in a second. Let's just start with the bottom three teams. I've got the Panthers at 32, the Commanders at 31, Commanders were off, uh, the Patriots at 30. Uh, I didn't move the Patriots up too much. They got a really close, tight win against Pittsburgh. They're going to have to do more than that for me to believe in them. They've been awful all year. I know Bailey Zappi made some plays in the first half, Marcus, but don't we have to see more than one good half of football <laughs> to move this, these guys up? Oh yeah. They're still awful. I, they, they tried to give that game away 15 different ways and they couldn't quite do it, but yeah, they're still bad. Uh, if you guys missed it, the Panthers lost at Atlanta and the, or wait, was it Atlanta? Who did the Panthers play this week? Now I already forgot the Saints. On it. Saints. Sorry, not Atlanta. Tampa Bay beat Atlanta. In it was Atlanta. a rare Excuse blowout me. game where both teams. Were yes. Bad. Yeah. It wasn't like 31 to <laughs> Six. We're both teams were about 31 to six. Yeah. Uh, commanders, like I said, were off and the Patriots beat the Steelers way back on Thursday night, a really ugly game. Pittsburgh should never wear those uniforms again. Okay. Uh, chargers at 29. This is one of the quarterback injuries I was talking about. Looks like Justin Herbert's out for the season, getting surgery on his finger. I had no idea where to put this team, but I just felt like if they played the Cardinals right now, they would lose. That's why I had the Cardinals at 28 and I dropped the Cardinals because both the Jets at 27 and the Titans at 26-1. Uh, 
your thoughts on those four teams. The Titans kind of do this every year. Like even when they're not uh, winning playoff games or making the playoffs, they just end up being the spoiler because Mike Vrabel is such a good coach. Um, that was a fun game last night. They were the first team in I think it was like seven or eight years to win a game outright down by 14 with less than three minutes left. Incredible job by them. And they were huge underdogs in this game. I told you I hated the line for the Dolphins. I didn't have any faith in the Titans covering, but I hated the, I hate those big lines. Hey, by the way, the Titans used analytics to steal a win last night. They went for two. They were down 14. Instead of kicking the extra point to go up seven, they went for two. They got the two-point conversion, down six, scored another touchdown, kicked the game-winning extra point. Kudos for uh, to Mike Vrabel for understanding analytics. What if they had missed on the two? Well, then you know uh, what you have to do in the next one. You have to go down and score a two-point conversion. I just wonder if that would have been a loss for analytics. It's all no, it's it's a good say. process. It's the process. <laughs> it's the process. It, is there is there a? Do you have a name? You don't have a catchy name. No, uh, I call we it. Can't the, go with I call it the the eight-point test. <laughs> call it the process. The process. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Jets got a win over the Texans in a game that the Nico Collins left, the CJ Stroud left, although they weren't playing well before the Jets uh, offense actually showed up for this game. Similar to the Patriots. I'm going to need to see more than one week. Uh, I'm going to need the Jets to come in on uh, Sunday. <laughs> and Kudos to uh, Zach Wilson. He played the best game of his career. How about that? Yeah, you, you bet. You bet. The Cardinals were off, by the way. And then uh, last team on this board, the Las Vegas Raiders were absolutely atrocious on offense. If you didn't see a second of the Vikings Raiders game, that's one second that you spent your life in a productive way because there was nothing, nothing about this game that was good. Nothing. What if you what if you watched the all 22 tape on Monday afterwards and you watched it live? You you got to see some good tape from the Vikings backup quarterback. Actually, backup to the backup to the backup. Yes. Vikings fourth quarterback this yes. year. Yeah. Uh, let's go to the next uh, screen here. Let's uh, talk more to pray. Hey, there they are. The Minnesota Vikings. Uh, do you, do you glean anything positive for this team coming off this win? Besides the fact that they'd be a wild card right now. Uh, their defense looked really good. I mean, you, you never let the Raiders uh, cross the 35 yard line in, in this game, which is pretty incredible. I think their defense is going to keep them in some games going forward. What about quarterback? What do you do? I think you have to go to Nick Mullins. Uh, Josh Dobbs in his last eight starts is averaging 5.8 yards per attempt with a 61 pass rating. It's yeah. It's it was either late in the third quarter or early in the fourth. Josh Dobbs had 63 yards passing and uh, Nick Mullins had 84 within his first like two drives. Yep. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty crazy. Speaking of backup quarterbacks, Tommy DeVito uh, played a nice game against the Green Bay Packers. Marcus and I were on the phone for the entire fourth quarter. I'm a play ahead of him. So it was really fun for me to spoil the Tommy entire... cutlets. <laughs> yeah. A lot of kissing. Uh, a lot of, a lot of, uh, a lot of celebrating in New York. I love it. Hey, yeah, they got five wins now, bro. What's five your favorite wins? Italian food? You know, I never had it until, you know, later in life, I guess. But uh, if, am I at the later in life stage? My gosh, eggplant Parmesan is absolutely delicious yeah. if you've never had it. Yeah, it's a good answer. I, I'm still a big, I'm a big beef cutler fan, but also big ZD is my favorite pasta. I've only had spinach lasagna a couple of times and I absolutely love it, but nobody makes spinach lasagna. What would uh, you say your favorite was? I, I like baked ZD or I like beef okay. cutlets a lot. Okay, very good. 
Very good. Uh, I'm, I'm glad we got this out. Please, everyone, share your favorite Italian dish as we go to the New Orleans Saints, uh, whose quarterback is not Italian, uh, but they did win against the Carolina Panthers, 31-6. Uh, to 6. And I, I'd love to tell you that the, the Saints are trending the right direction. Everything looks good, but the Panthers tend to make you look that way. This game was at home. I still think the Bucs are winning this division. I mean, the Saints are the most talented team, but they are a disaster right now. It's it's just so weird for a team to get a blowout win and feel really gross coming out of it. But this offense is as bad as I can remember. Yeah, let's uh, let's get to the next four here because I moved the Bears up. They got good quarterback play from Justin Fields. I I couldn't move them over Pittsburgh yet because Chicago just has not been able to put enough good games together. Pittsburgh's still in the playoff race, but they deserve to be dropped like this, man. And then Atlanta at 19 and Tampa Bay at 18. So we talked about the NFC South. I still think the Bucs are going to win it. I do think the Falcons could give some teams some problems because they can run the ball and they could shorten the game. And if your quarterback just starts off slow or starts off with a couple turnovers and Atlanta suffocates the game on you, they could win. I'm not saying Atlanta is going to win a playoff game. I'm just saying they have a little bit different path to victory than other teams do. Similarly, if Pittsburgh's pass rush can absolutely cave in your pocket, they can win a game through mistakes. But I still don't love any of these teams. Again, the Bears at 21, Pittsburgh at 20, Atlanta at 19, Tampa at 18. So this NFC South is a disaster, right? Nobody has a record better than six or seven, six and seven right now. But there's a chance, Elliot, that we get two playoff teams from this division because the, the wild card race is wild. Uh, I get that. Um it, it, it's going to be one of those things where you might end up being better to be the sixth seed than winning your division and being the four seed and hosting the Cowboys because you might be able to go to Detroit and play the Lions, and that's just a better matchup than playing at home against the Cowboys. Yeah, you still think Tampa's winning it? Probably. Yeah, that was a big win this week. Super big win for that group. Uh, you know, how about the offensive paradox at 17? <laughs> There's no paradox. They're just bad. <laughs> yeah. The Broncos won a game in the Chargers, which they controlled the game throughout. Justin Herbert got injured in that game. Did he get injured? I think the second quarter, maybe. Yeah. Uh, I had surgery today out for the season. Yeah, and uh, was it Stick? Who came in for the Chargers? Easton Stick. Yeah, Stick came in, and they didn't do anything until the fourth quarter. He finally got a touchdown drive. Once Russell Wilson got a, a touchdown heave, I think, to Court and Sutland, and put them up 17 to nothing. The game was really over, but the Broncos offense continues to be problematic. That's why I don't have them higher than 17 because I, I don't think they're going to get into the playoffs. And if they do, their offense is going to have to do something. Am I saying anything off here? No, but their schedule is pretty soft. The I rest know of the way they play another game with the Raiders, another game with the chargers. Like they might just go three and one and be 10 and seven and make the postseason, And you're going to hate it. I love it. Well, I do listen. I will say this their defense has really stepped up and played good football in spots. And that was something they weren't getting. I mean, this is a team that gave up 70 with the Dolphins maybe tapping the brakes a little bit. In that game. Let me yeah. give you their schedule the rest of the way they play yeah. this week at Detroit. Tough game, but Detroit is slumping. Home against New England, home against the Chargers at the Raiders oh. to finish up the season. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. That's 10 and 7, Elliot. Yes. Look at the quarterbacks that they're going to be playing. My goodness. Okay. Uh, let's, let's, uh, let's go to the next, next slide. By the way, how excited are you for Easton stick in uh, Aiden O'Connell on Thursday night football? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Thursday night football, man. It's so exciting. I mean, Hey, but it gets good ratings. So 
I that mean, one might not. <laughs> yeah, because it beats some dumb new show that's being rolled out. Okay. Uh, Indianapolis Colts at 16. They had a tough week uh, this week, and it was something that we talked about on the Picks podcast, that the Colts have just not been able to put together like three good weeks of football. It just They haven't been able to do it, and I don't think it's going to cost them a playoff spot. I still see them being there, but similar to Green Bay, they just can't get on a roll and stay on a roll. Although I think Green Bay's loss to the Giants was a little bit more of an anomaly. I think the Giants made some really good plays in that game. So I hate to just say, oh, the Giants won because Green Bay didn't play well. I I, I think the Giants just won because the Giants won and made the plays. Uh, But I I think the Colts and Packers are still in very good position to make, make the playoffs. Yeah, the Colts, their season really comes down to this Saturday. They host the Steelers. They win that game. Not only do they get a win, but they get a tiebreaker over another AFC, play, AFC playoff contender. They've got to win that if they want to win the, the conference. Or excuse me, if they want to make the wild card. I will say, they still have a chance to win the division because your number 14 team continues to find ways to give games away. Yeah, and they're they're just not playing well at all. Uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars. One thing on the Packers, the only, the real bummer on last night's loss for them is that they might have still had a chance to catch the Lions with yeah. the Lions slumping in the North. I don't think that's happening now. Uh, the Jaguars at fourteen. Look, Trevor Lawrence was playing hurt, but let's just put that aside for a second. This is an offense that's been inconsistent all season, regardless of whether Trevor Lawrence was playing well or not. I've talked to you about them using Etienne more. Their defense, you've thought, is terrible. The Browns offense moved a plenty against this team with Joe Flacco. I think they deserve to be here. And I think Seattle deserves to be at 13 uh, as well, right, right uh, above them because they've also lost some key games. Now I know, I know that they lost to San Francisco and they lost to Dallas in consecutive weeks, but before that they lost to my number 12 team, uh, the Rams, and they were not trending upward. So how do you look at the Jags, the Seahawks and the Rams here, 14, 13 and 12? Kind of think the Rams are the best because the quarterback is playing the best of all three of these yep. guys right now. Uh, Jacksonville's defense is an abomination. They've given up 950 yards of offense over the last two games against that's a lot. Third against 38 year old Joe Flacco and Jake Browning making his, making his second career start. They play. I think it's the Ravens this week. I mean, they're they're going to get absolutely shredded. I, I I'm really concerned about Jacksonville. Yeah, you mentioned the Rams uh, quarterback play. I'm a little surprised. I don't know what Matt Stafford's doing. Honestly, I don't know if it's just painkillers or what, but normally you heard a thumb. It's not just like magically better, you know, in a week yeah. or two. I thought this was, excuse me, going to bother him the rest of the season. It doesn't seem to be, uh, and you're right, they're getting the best quarterback play even over Geno Smith. And so that's why the Rams are at 12. I moved the Bengals up because of quarterback play because Browning has proven it uh, for yeah. this team. And look, they, they want a very, very key game against the Colts. That's why they're at 11. I couldn't move them over Cleveland at 10. And the reason being is as long as the Browns get competent quarterback play, they have the horses on defense. And man, when they're at home, I don't think any team that's having any kind of struggles on offense wants to play Cleveland in Cleveland. No, the the only bad thing about Cleveland is they lost another offensive tackle uh, on Sunday. Day one Jones out for the year with an MCL injury. Their left tackle, Jedrick Wills, he just had surgery today. Obviously, Jack Conklin out for the year. I just wonder if they're getting to a point on offense where they're losing too many guys before things really start to kind of fall, you know, fall down. 
Yeah, I mean, in in that juggernaut of an AFC, I mean, it could be really problematic. <laughs> but like your number your number nine team, the Houston Texans are having the same issue. They yep. they lost Tank Dell last week. Yep. Nico Collins got he, he hurt his calf. He's not expected to play this week. Dalton Schultz has a hamstring injury. He's not going to play this week either. It seems like it's getting it's getting late early for the Texans. This was a hard team to rank. Uh, I could easily move them lower, but if you look at all the teams that were around them in my rankings last week, they all lost. All the teams around them lost. Uh, so, you know, and we're going to get to those teams in just a second. So CJ Stroud and concussion protocol, uh, Collins uh, status in doubt for this weekend. He hasn't been ruled out or anything, but it is a calf kind of important when you play wide receiver. By the way, did you know he went over a thousand yards for the season? I didn't know that. Yeah. How about that? Uh, let's, I mean, do you have a, you don't have the stats paradox on hand? I can get you, you one. Have, you want me to come up I, with one? I, 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 yeah, please, please. Let's see. Let's see what old Nico Collins is doing for the year here because, uh, He's having a nice that's season. a guy, that's a guy we, okay. Granted it's a thousand four. Okay. Hey, it's a thousand. It's, it's a thousand. I mean, dude, uh, pretty good. 60 catches on only 86 targets, a thousand and four yards. That's a catch percentage of almost 70%, man. Uh, that's really good for a wide receiver. Um, yeah, the problem is no tank Dell. CJ Stroud maybe be out this week. And then even if, if Collins can play, he may not be himself. So I, I didn't know what to do with them, but it was hard for me to elevate these other teams above them. Let's go to the top eight. Okay. So here's the problem. Like I said, how, how far do I drop the Texans when the lions, uh, got beat by the bears handily and their quarterback isn't hurt. He just, man, I don't know. Jared Goff. I, he look at the beginning of the season. He had some good road games and I don't know what happened, uh, but they had a fumbled center quarterback exchange there again, going shotgun all the time. Not a lot of practice. You see, you see that happen. Why are you smirking at me? Cause we saw the dolphins go under center this week in the first half when they got a new center and they fumbled on the very yeah. first play. So I don't know if it matters. It's the practice. Uh, I think it's the practice time. Let's just call yeah. it that. Uh, Speaking of Miami, they're at seven. So Detroit, a huge loss. At Chicago, Miami fared much better than Detroit did. It's not like they were embarrassed or anything, but at the end of the game, the protection broke down. And, mm -hmm. but I'll say this, you know, that malign Titan secondary held the fort pretty well yeah. there in the late stages. It also helped that Tyreek Hill probably has a high ankle sprain, but it's fine. Still, you still got to cover who's out there. And, yeah, you, you know, uh, I, I'm just saying like, you, you know, it wasn't like the rush was instantly. No, no, they, they did. I thought the front four did a really good job of creating pressure without having to blitz. Right. They created pressure, but it's not like they got pressure within one second. I mean, the coverage was there on that final play that Tua got sacked on. He didn't yep. get sacked immediately. He stepped up. And uh, I just thought it was a clutch win for that team and, and give Levis and the offense credit too for sure. doing what they did in the final three minutes. Uh, Buffalo Bills also eked out a close game. I have them behind Kansas City. Obviously, you can argue Buffalo just beat Kansas City at their place, and it would be a great argument. I just think that, by and large, over the course of this season, Kansas City's defense has been so much better than Buffalo's, and it was again, it was good on Sunday again. Buffalo's had a lot of problems on offense, despite the fact that Josh Allen's played great, similar to Kansas City. So to me, even though Buffalo won the game, I just think right now I trust the Chiefs a little bit more because of the way their defense is playing. Well, and yeah, think about it. Like if Kadarius Tony just lines up on sides, I mean, we've been joking about this, but if he lines up on sides, Buffalo loses that game in 
heartbreaking fashion, right? Like once again, they can't get the stop that they needed to. It just felt like the Chiefs were kind of, they had the wind taken out of their sails after that play. But <laughs> Buffalo might be the best team in the AFC. And there's a really good chance they don't make the postseason. I just want to make one little comment here. Uh, I mean, I like Patrick Mahomes. I do. But so much was made out of his no-look passes. I could go outside in my front street right now with a football, and I can make a low no-look accurate pass. No problem. Easy. The pass that Josh Allen made where he was falling out of bounds and flicked it, that was ridiculous. I, I don't think any quarterback in the league makes that play. One out of a hundred times. That was insane. That that's the best play I've seen probably since Justin Herbert against Kansas City when he could yeah. barely walk. He and the then he threw dime. that dime yeah. to Palmer. Oh my gosh. That that's still like the best throw I've seen in the last 10 years. Seriously. But uh you know which play I'm talking about from I okay. I didn't know if you how much of yeah. the Buffalo Chiefs game you were able to see. That play was insane. And uh, you know, look, a no look pass is nice, but it's really not that hard. Uh, you guys could all do it. Go grab your Nerf football, go outside and uh, have your wife run across her and uh, <laughs> do the Ronald Reagan go, where's Ricky Sanders? You know that one? I do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah sweet. All right. Uh, number four, I got the Baltimore Ravens. They've earned the spot. Yeah. The Rams took them to overtime, but the Rams have been a really pesky team uh, with a really good quarterback and, and two very, very good receivers. The Ravens still have problems in their secondary but they, they won the game yet again, and they've earned the spot. And, yeah, maybe they're behind the Eagles and the Cowboys and the 49ers. Uh, spoiler alert, you guys already knew that was the case. But I still think it's a really good team. Yeah, I I think they're the best team in the AFC. They've got a lot of different ways they can win, and they won a game on special teams. So kudos to them. Now, do I trust the Ravens to do it in the playoffs? I don't. No. After saying all that. Okay. So uh, let's talk three and two here. So I moved the Cowboys over the Eagles. And the reason I did is because the Cowboys played great football, team football, all the way from quarterback to offensive line. I thought Pollard made some nice plays, the receiving core, and then the defense made huge plays, stripping the ball. Uh, Marcus and I talked about it immediately after game. We, we compared notes and our MVPs were Aubrey, the kicker and Gilmore, a corner. Mm -hmm. Um, that shows you how, what a team game this was. Do I think the Cowboys are better personnel wise? I don't. And do I think they will be better at the end of the season? Probably not. But right now on a neutral field, I'll take Dallas over Philly. Yes. Not over San Fran. No, not over San Fran. Well, I was going to get to San Fran, but, uh, any, any problem with this? I'm asking a huge Cowboys homer. <laughs> no, I just problem with this. This is great. It feels like the 90s all over again, where the, the 49ers and the Cowboys are the two best teams in the league. The AFC really doesn't matter. We know the Super Bowl is going to be decided in the NFC Championship game. I just asked my wife for a Game Boy Color for Christmas. I can't wait. This is amazing. My three big weaknesses for these teams, the Eagles, they can't dilly-dally. They've done it so many times this year. They're yet to put a great game together. The Cowboys, I think a running quarterback – and a team that takes it right to them. I think the Ravens could give the Cowboys a lot of trouble, for example, yeah. if they made the Super Bowl. Biggest problem for the 49ers, it's just health. It's yeah. just how do you keep these guys on the field? Am I missing anything? No, I do think they're secondary. You can expose them a little sure. bit if you can protect up front. Uh, but no, they're, Big the if. The yeah, they're the best team in the league. There's, there's nothing to take away from them. And I'm still thinking, and I said this to you last week, I still think the best ball – or we haven't seen the best ball from that front four yet. No. When the 49ers front four is playing at their zenith and what they're capable of, 
they're going to be able to beat anybody. But I don't want to underrate three and two here. The Eagles and Cowboys are really good teams. I think they can give San Francisco a tough game. San Francisco's style is just really, really tough to play against. And, uh, you know, it's going to take for the Cowboys. It's going to take what they did on Sunday night. But they got to replicate that on the road on a different surface. And I don't know that they can do that. I think the Eagles are more capable on playing on grass or or turf than the Cowboys are. But unlike the Cowboys, the Eagles haven't been able to just put great games together this year where everybody plays well and they just go out and beat somebody 38 to 7. I agree. I agree. I I, I, I don't think the Cowboys are yet in that tier, the 49ers. I, I would be shocked if San Fran didn't win the NFC. Yeah. So the Lions at eight, Miami at seven, Buffalo at six, Kansas City at five, Baltimore at four. That's a newbie. Philadelphia at three. That's a newbie with Dallas moving up to two. San Francisco still in the top position. Your final thoughts, sir? Uh, just something off the power rankings really quickly. NBC today announced that they're not going to have Al Michaels do their playoff game like they did last year. It's going to be Noah Eagle and Todd Blackledge. And that makes me really sad because I'm, I'm used to Al Michaels calling big playoff games. To not have him do it is... Uh, it's, it's like taking a part of my childhood away from me. Don't they call those Nepo babies or whatever? Is it no? Is it Iron Eagle's son? Yeah. Are those, are he's those, actually is pretty that, good. Yeah, he's No, good. I just I was just wondering, does that count? Like every time, I feel bad now. Every time like a son or daughter like achieves something, they just call them Nepo babies. Like Jack Collinsworth? Right, and I just realized I contributed to that criticism without meaning to. I was just saying, like, I isn't that what they call it? I yeah. wasn't actually. Yeah. I, I, hey, That's man, true. go go Noah Eagle. Like, I just, it bums uh, me out that NBC must clearly think that Noah is better than Al Michaels, and you know what? They probably aren't wrong. It just it stinks not to have them. Yeah, but uh, I was just kind of saying, like, you know, it is possible for a kid to earn things on their own right with it just being sure. their parent, but. Uh, Listen, if you want to hear more uh, about Nepo Babies, listen to the Locked On Cowboys podcast. They talk about it all the time, as does Marcus on the Dynasty podcast and Locked On Network. He also covers the Raiders for USA Today. Raiders Wire, we love that three to nothing game, and he writes for the 33rd team. He's at Marcus underscore Mosher on Twitter, and we will talk to you guys on Wednesday. Take care, everybody.